That's how you build rivalries, and that's how you build atmosphere. Edwards, three-pointer, it's good! This team is right there with anybody else in, in the country. They are clicking on kind of a different level that we didn't um, that we didn't see this year. Perry for the lead. Oh! He did it again. to another edition of Zone Star State the Swarm. It is a podcast for non-division 1 basketball teams in Texas. Today, we're going to be at, we're going to be asking the question, discussing, should Texas Lutheran women be the favorite to win the Southern Collegiate Athletic Conference tournament and an automatic bid to the NCAA D3? The analytics say yes. Some people on this podcast say no and we're gonna get into this this is gonna be an in the weeds analytical podcast today and then we're gonna we're gonna close with which games we're watching this week i am Corey hope the non-division one insider for dave campbell's texas basketball find me on your favorite social media channels at Corey hope sports it's all one word c-o-r-y-h-o-g-u-e sports and find my work at texasfootball.com backslash basketball there's also a link up at the top of texasfootball.com that has basketball you can see all of our basketball focused stories right there joining me again is riley zayas he is the man behind everything to do with mary harden baylor he has true to the crew.com he also has a, a newsletter focused on d3 sports in general and another newsletter focused on d3 sports in texas you can subscribe to those. I, I know one here, d3texas.substack.com. Find Riley on the social media channels at Zayas Riley, Z-A-Y-A-S-R-I-L-E-Y, and at True to the Crew. And let's bring him in here. Riley, is there anywhere else to sign up for these newsletters other than d3texas.substack.com? No, that's the place, Corey. We're we're really excited going to have some some great coverage coming out, especially as we get into tournament time for basketball and then into baseball and softball season, certainly track and field as well uh, for many of these programs across the state of Texas. There's a lot of sports going on this spring, um, along with that crossover from, from basketball as we get into a really pivotal time in the basketball season. So uh, lots of coverage should be coming from us, and uh, it's a weekly newsletter. You're not going to be getting tons of emails from us, but uh, something in your inbox each week to keep you up to date uh, on the latest in, in D3 Texas. And I want to I want to take a second. You had a great story last week that you that you sent out in this, and it was uh, regarding Mary Harden Baylor. But it was it was one of those stories that can touch any sports fan. Tell us a little bit about that one. Yeah, so you know, Mary Harden Baylor men's basketball, um, led by head coach Cliff Carroll, really takes a lot of pride in supporting their alumni. And um, one of the cool ways that they actually did that was they showed up in full force. They were on a trip to Abilene. They played McMurray on Thursday and Harden Sims on Saturday. Well, Friday night, one of their alums, Trace Ritchie, um, is actually the head coach at Cross Plains High School, which is about they were playing at Bard, which is about 20 minutes uh, down the road from Abilene, and they took the whole team. Coach Carroll did the whole current men's basketball team from Mary Harden Baylor. They drove down there to that that little gym for this rivalry matchup, a district uh, district battle, and they came out in full force. It really brought a lot of energy to his team. You know, it was cool for for his players, Coach Richie's players, to you know at the high school level to see these college guys come in supporting them. It was just a really cool way to kind of connect 
alumni and the current players, many of whom may have not played together, but yet they share this mutual connection of, of having played uh, for, for UMHB men's basketball. And really that's a thing that happens, you know, not, not all that often, but a lot of programs do support their alumni in different ways. And it's really cool to see across the small college landscape, how different programs are doing that. Oh yeah. That, that is awesome. And, you know, it's also cool for the college athletes to know that, you know, they're kind of rock stars when they go to this place right, now, right. but it also brings them back to the days when they played high school as well, instead of that absolutely gorgeous place they get to play at uh, now at Mary Harden Baylor, you know, Riley, uh, we talk about these newsletters and stuff. And, and I think um, just how, you you break it down. I want everyone to know what they're going to get out of there. You're breaking down when you talk D three in general. You get a breakdown of his D three women's basketball top twenty five uh, as well. It, there's just so much information. If you're a D three basketball fan, it's just the place to go. For sure. No, I enjoy enjoy covering it nationally as well, and uh, you know it's it's a cool way to kind of you know connect all the programs across the country um, through that, that national newsletter on, on D3 women's hoops. So um, yeah, certainly, certainly I've enjoyed uh, getting into this more D3 coverage, but uh, always love talking about the programs across Texas, whether it be at the D2, D3, NAIA levels. I mean, it's just, uh, we got so many programs across the state and I know we're going to talk about several who are in contention for some NCAA tournament spots today. Yeah, we're, we're going to, but we're going to have a pretty good conversation here on a piece I put out on Texas basketball or texasfootball.com backslash basketball uh, today, which is Tuesday. We're recording on Tuesday. It, it's, it's the beginning of a series of pieces, Riley. What's going to happen is you're going to have, this week was the SCAG, the SCAC. I dive into the analytical data of the basketball teams and using my own completely like subjective data, trying to just, you know, create conversation, but also it gets interesting to see, right? And I can make an argument for why this can be correct. Uh, the great thing is we're going to have this conversation this week about the SCAC Next week, we're going to have this conversation about the ASC. And then the following week, we're going to have it about the Lone Star Conference. So this is a, the first in a series of them. And I think this is going to be fun because you get to you get to break down some of these things. So starting with the SCAC men's side, if you find the piece, you're going to see a table in there. Uh, it's the way I broke it down is. I believe, and this is mine, Riley, and we're about to get into this discussion here. I believe the best way analytically with what I have here to figure out who the best team is is to take the offensive points per possession and subtract the defensive points per possession allowed to get that differential. Because if there's those two things of all the offensive rebounding percentage, turnover percentage, effective field goal percentage, and free throw rates, right? All of that plays into those two stats. And so that's why I, I think that's the area that I use uh, to decide who's the best. But again, it's analytics, man. And, and the great thing is it, no, we none of it's actually right all the time. Right. Yeah. We just never know. That's why they play the games. Right. I mean, we got to see how it all plays out, but it certainly gives us a good idea of where some of these teams stack up against each other outside of just the head to head, you know, matchups that we've seen over the course of this season. Yeah, it does. And when we look at the the men in the SCAC, it's going to be a pretty brief uh, conversation we have here. The, the two best teams will meet this weekend uh, in Houston, St. Thomas and Trinity uh, play, I believe on Saturday. Maybe they play on Friday. They play Friday. on Friday. Night. I was completely off. That's right. Okay, so Friday night, uh, they are easily uh, by all. Uh, you look at the records. You look at the stats. They're easily the two best teams. I think between them, there is a clear delineation that Trinity is the best team. I know St. Thomas has had some injury issues, uh, which has played a role in some of their. Um, their slide of late and shout out to Ron Borger 
uh, who for helping dig into some of that stuff because sometimes I don't think to do that and I should, right? Anyhow, uh, that's why that's why this is a team effort. I love the team effort and I love when people interact with me and, and that I love to talk basketball all the time if you haven't noticed. Uh, so I'm trying to get back on thought of where I was there, but when, <laughs> when you look at what Trinity has, like you're looking at the two best, they are the second best offensive points per possession, just slightly behind Shriner. But what's most impressive to me in this, Riley, is in the men's basketball game at any level, you don't see a defense as efficient as this Tigers defense. They're only allowing .872 points per possession. That's incredible. It really is. And when you look at the way that a perfect example of this, the way that this weekend's matchup played out on Sunday, uh, which actually gave them the SCAC regular season title, they, they, they really weren't very effective on offense. It was a, a very different Trinity team in terms of performance on the offensive end than what we've seen for much of this season. We know they can hit the threes really consistently and, and shots just weren't falling against Colorado college, but their defense stepped up time and time again, eventually giving the offense time to, you know, score some points and, and Tanner Brown had a big three right at the end. They ended up winning 59 57, but without that defensive performance, they, there's a good chance they'll win that game. The offense just struggled for the majority of that, that contest, but the defense stepped up when it when it really needed to, and so I think you know we're seeing it play on the analytics. We're also seeing it play on the court. That uh, the defense does win championships, right? And the offense is certainly a necessity, but um, the defense is a, is a good starting point for most of these teams uh, that are in contention for conference titles. Well, then, if defense wins championships, have we got a conversation for you? And let, we're going to take that over to the SCAC women. Riley, great segue, because if defense wins championships, then Texas Lutheran women would be the favorites to win the SCAC tournament. And here's the thing, Riley. I can I can sit here, and, and I know strength of schedule is not – strength of schedule is not factored into this, right? But here's at, – at this point of the season, you're over 20 games – some teams are well over 20 games. You have enough data that I, I think it's kind of evened out at this point. I realize there would be a, a slight statistical deviation. Uh, but when I look at, I'll take, for example, Texas Lutheran Colorado College, right? You look at their defensive points per possession. They're within .004 of each other. Statistically, that could be either way or the other. Right. But when you start talking about like Trinity, I know Trinity has the offense that for them to average 1.029 points per possession, that, that's incredible. But their defense is more than 0.1. It's, it's, you know, right there. Well, it's right close to 0.1 behind Texas Lutheran and, and the Colorado College. And I know they've played a tough schedule, but I'm not sure that's enough for me to say statistically Texas Lutheran or Colorado College isn't the best defensive team this year. Yeah, I certainly think that would be probably a fair assessment. I mean, when you look at the way that they play them I in head-to-head matchups recently, you know, certainly Trinity's had uh, the advantage there. You know, Trinity, Colorado College played on on Sunday, and that was a game where Colorado College had a few shots late, still a 10-point win for Trinity, 90-80. to 80. But, again, point that I want to make there, 80 points given up. They scored 90 but gave up 80. Um, I think that's the point you're trying to make there as well um, is the fact that, you know, Trinity's defense may not be a strong suit this year or maybe other teams are just better defensively. It's, it's one of the two, but probably a mixture of both, having seen them play the last couple of years. I think the, the guard play has really stepped up. You know, Natalie Anderson not being on the floor since – mid-December has certainly created some defensive uh, defensive struggles for them as well as they've worked to adjust. You know, she was such a valuable player for them at that four spot, um, three, four spot, just a versatile player. Uh, so that's certainly something to consider, right? But when we look at the defenses, I think Texas Lutheran's defense has proven to be really, really strong and very consistent, and that's certainly worth noting. Well, it is. And look, if it goes by offense, and I get pace of play, and, and that plays a role in this as well. Uh, but see, 
here's my concern when with Trinity, and I I think you believe, and I I think uh, most people believe Trinity is the favorite to win the women's you know the SCAC tournament, right, right, right. Like so, for me to say could T, should TLU well when I look at differentiating the the difference between offense and defensive points per possession, Texas Lutheran still has a pretty decent edge right there over both Colorado College and Trinity. It's very close between Colorado College and Trinity, by the way. But the thing that worries me, Riley, and why I think I'm taking this analytical data and saying it can be possible is because TLU plays a really good defense. Defense wins championships. What happens to Trinity if they're having a day where absolutely nothing falls and nothing goes your way. And if that happens in a championship game, Texas Lutheran is your champion because of that defense. Yeah, no, I mean, that's a good point. If I had to make an argument for Trinity, I think all I would say is the fact that you look at strength of schedule in terms of who they played, Trinity's 68th in Massey in terms of strength of schedule, TLU's 127. Uh, I, I would argue that Trinity's been tested a little bit more and probably part of that number is because they played some really good offenses uh, over the course of non-conference play especially. You know, the other thing I would just throw in there, again, we're talking analytics here, we're not talking – logistical ways tournaments play out, right? But if these matchups are a week apart, I think you certainly can say, you know, if the semifinals are played on a Saturday, then the following Saturday is the final. It, it seems to be a little bit more of a discussion. But the fact is, TLU is going to probably have to play a, a tougher opponent uh, in terms of likely playing Colorado College in the semifinals, having to get past them before playing Trinity the following day, assuming Chalk holds, which we know very well, may not be the possible, you know, may not be how it plays out, but Trinity probably will have, you know, the four seed, uh, which, you know, would make it a little bit easier maybe for Trinity to get past that semifinal round than TLU. Again, we're talking analytics here, but that's certainly something to be, keep in mind as these conference tournaments play out, especially in a conference like the SCAC that is at least three teams deep. I would even argue four with the way Schreier's been playing as of late. Riley, I love how you point out that games aren't played on paper. <laughs> and they're not. <laughs> they're not. They're not played on paper. They are played on the court. Uh, but, hey, as fans and, and pe- digging into this stuff, you don't get the – you can go on Ken Palm and you can get the analytical data for a lot of these D1 teams. You don't get this a lot of times in the non-D1 level. And so I really like kind of taking a look, and we're going to dive into these, and I – I hope if you're listening and, and you're interested, go on to texasfootball.com backslash basketball. Give these a look. See what you find in there. Because free throw rate, right? Like, that's important. How often you get there. Effective field goal percentage. Let, let's talk about that for a second with these two, uh, Riley. When you look at, at offense, Trinity's effective field goal percentage is darn near 50%. They're 49.2. TLU's at 44.3. That's significant difference. Uh, you look at the opponent, though, Trinity's 44.8, TLU's 40.2. Here's my question. How much of that could be because of the strength of schedule? It just, that seems like a big number to me. Right, yeah. And, and again, like, you know, that's one of those things. I think TLU has played really well in a lot of situations. I mean, you even look when the when they played in Seguin. Now, again, this is with Natalie Anderson. I just correct what I said before. You know, she was playing that four or five, uh, which is a very pivotal spot. She actually had a, a layup that ended up pushing the game into overtime when they played in Seguin. T, you know, Trini ends up winning that game, but it's really close. And I think point being the margin between the two is, is pretty thin. I think as TLU's played out and have the chance to talk, uh, with, with Troy Patterson, TLU's head coach, a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, one of the things he talked a lot about was that they they just have a lot of players who play, you know, maybe 20 minutes or so a game. There's a lot of depth on TLU's roster especially. That Trinity, due to some injuries, just due to the way uh, the roster and the experience has played out, Trinity may not be as deep in the bench. Um, for what we have seen, TLU tends to have more of a balance. And I think – 
when you're getting more open shots in situations like that from a variety of players, you know, the effective field goal percentage certainly uh, can, can be seen an uptick. And I think TLU has been very diligent in terms of their offensive approach. Uh, they're taking good shots. They're taking the right shots for the most part. And it's, it's paid dividends so far. They're having a really, really solid season. And again, I mean, we're in this conversation, you know, TLU is, is rising to the top of the SEAC um, as they have been. It felt like they were right there last year, but this year they're very much in that conversation, which, you know, makes this, this tournament conversation, this league that much more fun. It does. It does. And we're, we're going to get there in a second, but there's one other concern I have for Trinity uh, and it's their rebounding. They're not good. Statistically, they give up 39.4% offensive rebounding percentage to the opponent. That is bad. That's a good number if it's for you. That's a bad number if it's against you. Meanwhile, offensive rebounding, they're at 31%. So the concern is if you struggle to rebound, you can't dominate the boards, and and you rely on hitting your shots, that, that seems combustible at some point to me, Riley. Yeah, and again, I mean, I – you know, hate to keep putting this on on one player, but Natalie Anderson is just that good. I think uh, the fact that they only had her for nine games again, we don't know her status. Uh, I don't want to act like she's not coming back for the Sky Tournament. I have no idea, so we'll we'll just have to find out like everybody else. But you know, to have a player who's averaging nine point six boards per game go out and not be back through Sky play. It is a big loss because you have a team with mostly guards who are very talented. They just, the rebounding isn't always going to be there when you have a team of mostly guards. Um, it, just because, you know, they, they haven't had the size there in the post. I mean, Natalie Anderson, you know, a 6-0 forward, you know, who can, who can rebound really, really well. And she's a sophomore, but um, through what we saw at the beginning portion of the season, Trinity looked like a top 25 team with her on the floor. Without her, I think they made the right adjustments, but rebounding is one of those things you just give up when you don't have the size there in the post as often, especially when players get into foul trouble. Again, I talked about that bench. If you don't have consistency off the bench at that spot, you're going to give up some boards. And, you know, I think they, they try to attack the glass. They're just at a disadvantage in a lot of situations. Yeah, look, I, I – Natalie Anderson can make all the difference and one player can uh, especially in non D1 basketball and and we always hope that she's healthy the the reality is right now she hasn't been for a while and the stats are what they show now look before we move on Texas Lutheran's not without questions right they don't get to the free throw line very well they give up too many free throws their free throw rate they give up ridiculous offensively they don't shoot the ball well a very bad effective field goal percentage and you don't get to the line it's not a good combination either you look at colorado college you want to know weaknesses that they have uh they don't turn the ball they don't force turnovers they're they're below the other two with 20 percent turnovers they force right there on the opponents and they don't take care of the ball well they're giving it up 21.7 uh percent of the time that's not good that's not a good turnover percentage those are things that kill you in the postseason so again also colorado college doesn't get to the free throw line either but they don't allow the other team to get there. So the point is Riley, none of these teams are without their questions. I, I don't want to, I don't want Trinity fans to think I'm, I'm ragging on their team. Um, I'm just really looking at this. It's a lot. It, it seems to me, Riley, to be honest with you about as even as the SCAC has been for a while. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, there are certainly more contenders. It feels like than in years past. And I just think it's, you know, TLU's gotten better. Colorado College with Zoe Tomlinson has has certainly been better. Um, they have some players around for now that have helped. And, uh, you know, it's it's an interesting thing, though, too, when you bring that up. I've liked TLU's shot selection, but at the same time, I, I think you bring up a good point. The other thing is, too, 
you know, again, TOU, a lot of guards, right? So you're going to be in a different spot when your offense is run more guard focused. Um, you know, the TLU plays at a, at a pretty quick pace uh, when you watch them. And if they can get in transition, I know that's something they like to do. If, if, if the opportunity opens up, they really try to take advantage of that. One of the things you tend to allow is, uh, you know, you, you tend to maybe sometimes have trouble getting back in, in, in transition when after you score on a fast break or something like that, you're going to give up some of those free throw opportunities because of fouls that that inadvertently come up. Um, overall, though, yeah, I do think this is a very even race. I still like Trini as the favorite, but I, I think both. You know, we got three teams right now, and I wouldn't count out Shriner as well. You know, Shriner pushed Trinity really, really hard this past week. They beat Colorado College. Granted, that was in Kerrville um, at home for Shriner, but Shriner's a, a, a tough team as well that will certainly make some noise if given the chance. Certainly will. We're going to quickly move into looking at conference races. But before we do, I want to remind everyone that we are a podcast on the Zone Star State Network and an extension of Dave Campbell's Texas Basketball. Please like and subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Megaphone, whatever platform you choose. Please find us. And when you do, like, share, and follow us. Tell your friends. That's how you're going to help us grow. We really appreciate you listening and and Riley when we look at these conference races we're coming down to the final weekend of the regular season for the division three teams uh in the American Southwest Conference men UMHB ETBU as we suspected they clint they they secured their spot in the conference tournament uh Concordia is needs a win or an Ozarks loss that seems like like Concordia is going to get in like I, I think they're uh, the question is, who's going to host? Because now UT Dallas and Harden Simmons are tied atop the league. Yeah, and the tiebreaker scenarios are are pretty interesting, Corey. When you actually go back down and look at it, in fact, uh, Jared Fleming, UT Dallas's head coach, was on Hoopsville, uh, the National Division Three uh, basketball talk show. This actually yesterday. And he's, he even admitted, like, the tiebreak scenarios get really confusing after, you know, it, it, depending on what happens this weekend. Both teams have some really tough games ahead. Um, you know, some some maybe some underrated opponents uh, coming up, but certainly teams that, that have the ability to beat them. So it's going to be really interesting, I think, because, you know, in, in the case that they finish tied atop the standings, which again, I mean, it's going to depend on these two results. They split the season series. So then you go into record versus uh, each opponent in the ASC in descending order from the top down. And then you get into a bunch of different results. You can get into point differentials after that. It's going to be interesting to see how this goes. But again, tough opponents for both coming up. It's it's going to be a really interesting schedule and a fun final week of the ASC, uh, ASC men's basketball slate dude let's take a moment here and let's help out our friends over uh, at ut dallas and the asc and let's figure out exactly what are those tiebreaker <laughs> scenarios right okay so let's start with laterno ut dallas lost to them and plays them this weekend okay it's very important what about harden simmons uh no wait wait i'm sorry wait 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 hold on let me yeah. let me read this correctly before i get really crazy here <laughs> it gets okay. it gets confusing yes it does okay so ut dallas ut dallas won so they're one and oh against uh letourneau with another game this weekend harden simmons is one and oh two and oh so ut dallas must win on thursday against and they're at <laughs> Uh, right, right. Uh, no, they're yeah, at, they're on the road. They're yeah, they're Letourneau, on the road in Laterno. So yeah, they the have road. to win at Laterno Thursday. If if Laterno wins that, uh, Harden Simmons would be the number one seed if they win out. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, it's gonna take. Yeah, I mean, because if if you know, it's it it's gonna be interesting because even if they both split, then you get into some interesting scenarios as well. You know, both teams again go on the road. It's going to be interesting to see the way that this ends up playing out. Well, it is. And that's because a lot of this head to head and all this other stuff 
Uh, still comes down. You look at the next team after Letourneau, it's East Texas Baptist. Well, that's right. who UT Dallas plays this weekend also on the road. The, this whole weekend is going to decide who hosts. It's basically what it comes. Here you go. We helped you, our friends. <laughs> yeah, and I would even argue more pressures on UT Dallas at this point because, you know, Harden-Simmons went 2-0 and against ETBU. So uh, <laughs> Harden-Simmons has a little bit of an advantage there. UT Dallas definitely has the pressure on. Um, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, Harden Simmons doesn't didn't play Concordia well the first time though, and and certainly have that Maryland Baylor matchup on Saturday. So Harden Simmons will have an easy week either to to win out. It's going to be uh, a real battle. If you're looking for a couple games to be watching, Thursday and Saturday in the ASC will be a lot of fun. It will. And the big thing I think here, point out, I don't think we're getting into point differentials. I think the right. tiebreaker will be solved before we get to the end of the tournament field through yeah. the top six, in my opinion. Okay. Moving on to the American Southwest Conference Women Ozarks took farm control last weekend of that final spot. They need a win and or a Concordia loss or they need a win or Concordia to lose. That's pretty much how it is. You know, UT Dallas has uh, moved into the race for the the second seed there. And the problem in this one is Mary Harden Baylor owns basically a two-game lead heading in because they own the tiebreaker over Harden Simmons. And when we started talking tiebreakers for the men's side a second ago, Riley, in this one, the tiebreaker helps Mary Harden Baylor because they already have a win over Harden-Simmons, they they essentially have a two-game lead over UT Dallas. They do. Well, you know, yeah, they do at this point. It's going to be interesting uh, in this race as well, because Mary Harden-Baylor, you know, has McMurray and Harden-Simmons. They're playing them at home. Uh, you know, UT Dallas is certainly on the rise, and, and we've seen this. We saw this last year with Joe Shotland's squad. We're seeing it again this year. Uh, but yeah, at this point, I think Merham Baylor, you know, has a pretty firm grip on that number two seed at the very least. But again, as we saw this past week, um, as we've seen throughout this entire season, this conference has been just wild. I mean, you never know what you're going to get. And uh, certainly, I mean, McMurray's also in that conversation right there behind UT Dallas. There's a couple different scenarios that could happen uh, to see a little bit of a mix up. Uh, uh, you know, and changing around of those, especially those top four, depending on the results this weekend. UMHB and Harden-Simmons play this weekend. And if UMHB wins, that that very well, if if they've beaten McMurray, will secure home court for the ASC tournament. Uh, There really is that much. We could have all of them in Abilene. We could have one in Abilene, one in Mary Harden Baylor. We could have one in Abilene, uh, one in Richardson. <laughs> There's so many well, scenarios right now. I'll say this, Corey. So if this is the same policy as in years past, um, the ASC does it the way that the NCAA does it. So the men have priority in even numbered years to host. The women would not get the opportunity to host if the men were to be able to host for Harden Simmons. So that's definitely something to, to keep in mind. It happens. It's happened to Mary Harden Baylor in basketball the last couple of years. It could happen again. So Harden Simmons fans need to keep that in mind as well. If the men end up getting the right to host that top seed in the ASC tournament to host the semifinals and championship, then the women's would be played in Belton regardless of who finishes one or two. Of course, if UT Dallas slides in there, then we have another deal. Um, so, But that's kind of the thought right now is the men do have that priority um in even numbered years women having odd numbered years you could that's just could be in richardson abilene or belton that's where the a the asc tournaments are going to be one of those three places right yep i mean yeah yeah on both sides book the room now riley go ahead for all of them just do it (laughs) (laughs) all right as we go down to the the skack we look at the men Trinity St. Thomas Centenary, they're locked in. Shriner, Colorado College, Austin College, Dallas. Three of them are going to get in. One of them will not. And that's uh, this weekend is going to tell it all because Colorado College, Riley hosts Austin College and Dallas. uh, While 
you know, UST and Centenary are hosting Trinity and Shriner. This weekend is obviously it has to, but it feels to me like the Colorado College, Austin College, Dallas games are ones to watch this weekend. Yeah, they really are. It's it's going to be, you know, I think when you start to look at the, you know, we talked about this last week too, but the bottom of these races, the SCAC has really been interestingly too on the men's side, Um, you know, Behind Trinity, we've actually seen some real interesting, you know, games play out. You know, St. Thomas lost to Southwestern uh, just last week. And obviously, again, as you referenced earlier on the podcast, St. Thomas dealing with a a few um, injuries and and absences of some of their key players. But regardless, the result happened and Southwestern pulled off that upset. Uh, So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, Dallas has been playing well, uh, beat Austin College on the road. Um, on Saturday, that was a big result for them to win by three, and and really, you know, it could be could be a, a pretty pivotal result as we start to look at the way this tournament uh, seeding uh, plays out. Yeah, it's it's insanity right now. There, thankfully, the SCAC women are not insanity. It's the teams are locked in. The seeds are really the only question, and really about the only thing to really watch this weekend is TLU Colorado College again. The Bulldogs, they have a two-game advantage in essence because they have the tiebreaker over Colorado College. They Colorado College has to win out. TLU would have to lose out this weekend. That's really the only drama there, Riley. Right, yeah. This is uh, kind of the, the – you could call it the least interesting of all the races we're talking about. Everyone seems to have, you know, kind of solidified their spot. And, uh, you know, we'll see how the seeding plays out on, on that side. But it will be interesting when the league – you know, kind of ends up concluding play uh, this weekend when we start to see the way that things are going to play on Shreveport. Because, again, seeding is is very important. Like, TLU really, really needs to hold on to that, that you know, that bye um, to save themselves, you know, to where they would only have to play two games instead of three. Exactly. Seeding matters in the Division Three conferences in Texas. It does not matter in the Lone Star Conference, outside of the fact you don't get a bye, basically, right? You're going to play the same number of games. And as we look at the LSC men, WTDBU secured their spots. Lubbock Christian needs a win or a loss by UTPB. Um, Oklahoma Christian and Midwestern State. So basically, LCU needs a win. And once they get that win, they're going to clinch their spot Four teams were eliminated, including UT Tyler and Kingsville. Not necessarily unexpected. Uh, man, Riley, honestly, there's just there's there's a lot of time left in the Lone Star Conference right now, right? Like normally yeah. they're a week earlier, but this year they're a week later. And so like Division Three is gonna have their conference tournament and then their first two rounds before the Lone Star Conference tournament and then the regionals. that Yeah, that does mean Corey gets to be on the road, but, man, it's basketball. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a really kind of cool deal with the Lone Star, just watching this race play out because we have so many teams. I feel like we've been talking about this for a couple weeks now. We have. Uh, Just how tight this race is, you know, kind of there at the bottom. Uh, a lot of teams still in contention. And as you mentioned, a lot of basketball still be played. Uh, there is. And in our games to watch, we'll get to some of those to watch with that uh, this weekend. As we look at the LSC women, UTPB and TAMIU, Texas A&M International, they joined UT Tyler and Texas Women's or TWU as clinching a spot in Frisco at the Comerica Center for the Lone Star Conference Tournament in March, and that is for UTPB what Ray Booth has done. I know we've talked about it some, that's tremendous. What Nate Vogel's done with uh, Tammy U, the Dust Devils, that is just incredible as well. Uh, he's done great in, in two of his three years there, especially. And I want to, you know, we're looking at this Lubbock Christian Angelo State, they have a chance to clinch this weekend. Uh, they could, with uh, two wins, they would clinch this weekend, or two wins combined with losses by Kingsville and Cameron. That would clinch the spot. You look at it, West Texas A&M, 
with a split, a huge road split last week with a win at Angelo State Sunday. Uh, we're right in that game with UTPB on uh, Thursday as well. So WT, the Lady Buffs are playing really good basketball right now. Uh, they've turned that record around all of a sudden, and they're a solid seven seed and a team you're not going to want to meet uh, if you're in the Lone Star Conference <laughs> tournament, Riley. And, and it, as it looks right now, if we were to look ahead, if it started today, uh, also I do want to note before I get into this, nobody's eliminated yet, all, but Oklahoma Christian's on the bubble. Yeah. Okay. Now, this is insane. First round matchup. UT Tyler, West Texas A&M. Good Lord, Riley. Who would have thought? Who would have thought that's that's the kind of matchup you would get there in that first round? This conference is incredible, man. The depth is really, really, really impressive in this league. It is. It is on men and women's side. But, you know, I I mean, you look at this. Look, Cameron's not bad. Arkansas, Fort Smith. They've been hitting threes like I don't know what in the world happened. All of a sudden, somebody took the lid off the basket for the Lions. <laughs> you know, Midwestern State's been up and down in Bernita's first year, but the, the future is bright for those Mustangs as well. Like, Riley, this is one of those uh, so many great coaches, multiple Hall of Fame coaches in this league. Like, right now, we're living in – the best time I think for Lone Star Conference women's basketball in the history of the conference. Yeah, you bring up a good point there too. The experience level amongst most of these coaches is really, really notable. Uh, they've all been in this spot before too, so that you know, and, and they're going to be able to prepare their teams adequately. Uh, you know, especially in a in a league with this kind of you know talent. Uh, you just look across these teams, and there is a lot of very, very talented players. As you mentioned, very uh, you know, well known, well recognized, accomplished coaches. It's just an outstanding league, uh, top to bottom, really. I mean, again, you mentioned no one's eliminated. I think it just speaks to you know the quality of the teams here, all the way top to bottom. Even the bottom teams are still in contention at this point, technically, uh, which we don't see with a lot of these other leagues um, across the state and even honestly across the country. You are correct, sir. Before we get into our games to watch, I want you uh, to update people. If For those that don't know, Riley is currently traversing the entire United States of America. I believe he's touching all 50 states. I may have exaggerated by one or two. Uh, <laughs> he's writing a book on D3 basketball. Uh, Riley, where are you at this week? Yeah, so I'm actually in uh, Lexington, Kentucky today. Just flew in um, not too long ago, not too far from the University of Kentucky, actually, but here to see Transylvania women's basketball. They got a 57-game win streak going right now. Uh, historic stuff happening uh, here for Transylvania and going to see them play, going to go see some of the SAA with, with Center and Sewanee. Uh, tomorrow so uh you know here in here in kind of the the southeast uh united states uh and then yeah i mean gonna be we'll, we'll see what happens with the tournaments the conference tournaments the the national tournaments um we'll see what happens there and, and where i end up going but uh yeah it's it's been a lot of fun you know seeing this book come together so far it's a two-year project uh but yeah looking forward to, to what this week has and you know it's been a, a nice travel day today and looking forward to covering some some basketball night you're in the heartland of basketball, man. It, it is the no prime doubt. area. That is, uh, that's a lot of fun and really, really happy and looking forward to that book. Definitely. Games that I'm watching this weekend, Riley. I know what you're going to be watching. You're going to be watching some great Kentucky basketball. Uh, <laughs> games I'm going to be watching. You know what? This is a weekend where Midwestern State and Cameron travel to UTPB and Angelo. And when you look at the LSC men right now, you have Cameron is surprisingly surged to a four seed currently. Uh, UTPB and MSU are tied. They're one spot out right now. They're one game behind one. Yeah. One full game behind Tamiu for the last spot on the men's side. They're hitting the road. It's not easy to play in the Falcon Dome. It's not easy to play at the Stevens Center against Angelo State. And by the way, that's an Angelo State team 
that has a ton of injuries had, I believe, four players foul out and still took the number one team in the country to overtime on Saturday and had a double-digit lead late. That that team just shows you, again, right now they're the seventh seed. The depth of this conference is just insane. Uh, but seriously, I mean, the, this weekend here, Riley, you know, UTPB, MSU, Cameron, Angelo, they're kind of all playing each other. It's going to be... It's going to be fun. It, MSU, UT, Permian Basin are Thursday night. Cameron, Angelo State are Saturday. If you can't catch it in person, Lone Star Conference Digital Network. That's Division Two. I think Division Three, man. I'm going to flip it over to you. This is going to be uh, this is going to be a heck of a weekend for D3 men's basketball. It really will be, and we talked about it a little bit already. But Corey, I, I think you know. First thing I want to notice is that that those SCAC matchups there. Uh, Trinity is heading on the road to play St. Thomas on Friday, play Centenary on Sunday, and, and man, those are going to be some really really good battles for Trinity, who is twenty two and one. Uh, you know, they're right there in the top ten nationally. They're very much in contention, uh, very close to being a lock to host a first weekend regional in the NCAA tournament. But these are two very tough opponents, probably the two toughest opponents that they'll play all year and playing them on the road just adds another factor to it. You know, St. Thomas, we don't know how they'll be health wise, uh, but, but they, you know, they took down Trinity when they played them in San Antonio earlier this year, it was a one point ball game. Trinity obviously looking to, you know, avenge that loss, their only loss of the season. Um, And then with Centenary, you know, something to note, Trinity has not won at Centenary uh, since December 19th, 2018. Uh, I was talking with Centenary, um, you know, after the game, Chris Dorsey, their head coach, and he mentioned how great their home court advantage is. They're in Shreveport. They're hosting the conference tournament there. And uh, that's an environment, you know, Trinity needs to get used to if if they want to win the conference tournament. Uh, so, you know, kind of a good preparation for them as well. But Centenary is a tough out. A lot of playmakers, they can shoot the three really well. Uh, they're eight and one at home this year. And that home court advantage uh, really should help Centenary in that matchup against Trinity. So Trinity needs to avoid uh, the potential, you know, losses, I guess, towards the end of this conference schedule. Obviously, both St. Thomas and Centenary looking to, to pull off a pretty big win, give themselves some momentum heading in. The other men's matchup, I would just note really quickly, um, don't have to go into it all the way, but uh, you know, we talked about UT Dallas playing at Letourneau and at ETBU, two really, really tough opponents there in East Texas. UTD needs both wins badly uh, if they want to be able to host uh, the ASC tournament. So key, key contest for the comments too. You know, have been up and down as of late, but they have a lot of playmakers on the floor. They seem to be fully healthy and uh, headed towards that postseason. Dude, there will be a celebrity at the Trinity St. Thomas game. The co-host of March to the Pod, Ben Sorrells, will be in attendance at that All game. Right. So, All yeah, right. celebrities. I want. I don't know if he'll get courtside. I don't know if he's hit that level <laughs> of celebrity yet. Oh, uh, but. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to that. Also, just secretly, for those of you who think that I I now hate Trinity after listening to me earlier, uh, I'm secretly hoping they do host uh, the the first two two rounds. So this way I can finagle my way into a trip to San Antonio to that beautiful campus and and watch some games inside. That's a a unique setting and a unique gym. and, And man, while I'm there, Hey, UIW is right there too. We can make this a two for Riley. Right. Yeah. You I mean, whenever you're somewhere, you just want to find more basketball games that you can go go see, right? So if, if you can pull it in. And I mean, I tell you what, uh Calgar Gymnasium there in San Antonio is a great place to watch a basketball game. Um, you know, people need to keep an eye on that. That's a, we talked about Trinity football and how great their environment was. I mean, Trinity men's basketball hosting, if that does happen, be a, a fun, fun couple of days of, of college hoops there in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, and, and also you brought up the point about Centenary's home court advantage. We hadn't touched on that. They, it is massive. It's every yeah. year. It's all the time. Centenary is really good at home. So the fact that the conference tournament is there is not insignificant when it comes to securing uh, the, the automatic bid and a 
you know, a chance to host because you got to believe UTD or whoever wins the American Southwest is going to be right there kind of knocking on the door as well. And, and other teams in, in region 10 too, like, you know, it division three does this national thing, not regional thing. So Corey has to have two different sides of his brain work uh, to figure out these basketball things. <laughs> Looking on the women's side, Big games this weekend, Riley. TWU is at UT Tyler and Tammy U. Uh, that travel to Laredo is far. Uh, when you're in Tyler and you're in Dallas or Denton, that travel to Laredo is not insignificant. And not only that, you've got you've also got a trip to Kingsville included in that as well. Uh, that is always a tough trip, always a tough place to play, and it's a solid Dust Devils team that has a chance this weekend to really make a statement in the Lone Star Conference. Yeah, I mean, and you just touched on it too. Like, you know, we talked about the travel. It is a role, especially this late in the season, right? I mean, this is something that definitely comes into play because you know, you're, at this point, you know, players are are, are tired uh, to some extent. They've been playing a lot of games. It's a long road trip, and you're playing a really, really, really good team that just seems to keep getting better week in, week out. Um, and, and they've defended the home court well so far this season. I expect they will again. Definitely. It's going to be a fun one to watch. And so I think I know which games you're going to be watching this weekend as well. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be there in the uh, the ASC. McMurray and Harden-Simmons both go to Belton to play Mary Harden-Baylor. Uh, it's going to be interesting set of two games there in Belton because UMHB obviously kind of looking to, you know, erase this, uh, you know, the, the, the one 0-2 last week and, and something that they really hadn't done. Um, the loss to Ozarks was, was a disappointment. Certainly it's a tough road trip going up there at Clarksville, Arkansas, though. I think they're hoping coming back, play on their home court, give them a little bit of that boost that they need uh, to, to power their way into the conference tournament. Certainly, you know, have a chance still, uh, if they can beat Harden Simmons to maybe create something with with a tiebreaker, depending on the way results play out, uh, UMHB is in still a spot where they could, you know, they could even host the first two, you know, two rounds of the NCAA tournament based on the way geography is set up. So there's still a lot for UMHB to play for. But McMurray comes in. Emily Holland is the ASC's leading scorer. You know, she's averaging right around 19.7 points per game. Just set the McMurray single-season record for three-pointers made in a season um, last week. She's just absolutely killing it there for, for McMurray in terms of her outside shooting. And is a tough threat uh, for pretty much everyone to stop. Harden Simmons had a tough time containing her last weekend. Harden Simmons did get the win over McMurray uh, by, by seven. But you know, Harden Simmons comes in, too, looking to avenge that overtime loss. Harden Simmons did not, uh, did not want to lose that game a couple of weeks ago. They're on their home court in overtime to UMHB. They'll, look into, you know, they'll be looking to win in Belton and kind of return the favor. So uh, two really big matchups in Belton uh, for, for all three teams involved there. Katie Novak's message to her team this week. Everything you wanted to do this year is still in front of you. All your goals are in front of you. You can still host. You can still host the conference tournament. You can still be regular season champions. All you got to do is win two games. That's Absolutely. the message. It's a pretty simple message. For these other teams, they got to worry about going on the road. For Katie Novak's team, they're at home. Riley, thank you so much, man. And you be safe out there on those travels now. Don't let them Kentucky people talk you into too much of that bourbon. <laughs> Sounds good, Corey. No, I'm looking forward to it, and uh, it'll be a fun fun week ahead. Safe travels. Get back to Texas quickly and safely, and hopefully without ice and snow. And for everyone out there, we want to thank you for listening to this edition of the Zone Star State Swarm. For Riley Zayas, I'm Corey Hogue. Until we... Speak again next week. Have a blessed week.